welcome to the Advance Your Art podcast, where we talk about the journey from artist to entrepreneur and everything in between. You've worked hard to hone your craft. Now take it to the next level with tips, techniques, strategies, and routines used by successful artists to grow their businesses and careers. Now, let's get started and have some fun with your host, Yuri Cataldo. Well, hello. Welcome to another episode of Advance Your Art with Yuri Cataldo. If you're interested in learning how to build a company, make money from your art, or transition to a new career, you've come to the right place. If you like this episode, please like and share it with a friend. Today, I'm chatting with Margie Worrell, best-selling author and founder of Global Courage. She's recently released a, a new book a couple of months ago called You've Got This, Life-Changing Power of Trusting Yourself. Margie, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm, I'm, I'm doing well, uh, in, in spite of all circumstances and doing well, it's, uh, at least it's, uh, you know, springtime, end of spring, early summer. So it's nice outside. So it's, that's good. That helps. Yeah. How are, how are things in your neck of the woods? Oh, uh, it's good. You know, at the time of this recording we've been in, I've been kind of locked down for a couple of months and, uh, yeah, a little bit of the cabin fever in one, in one way and looking forward to life opening up and frankly getting on a plane and traveling somewhere. And <laughs> so, um, yes, I, I, I don't think I've spent so much time in one very small space for a long, long time. <laughs> right. I, I think a lot of people are having that same, that same feeling. <laughs> <laughs> well, great. So uh, for my listeners who are less familiar with you and what you do, how do you describe yourself and what you do? Oh, look, I, I wear many hats. I am an author. I am a speaker. I am a coach. I am a mom of four kids. I'm an intrepid Aussie. Uh, I'm a Forbes columnist. Um, uh, yeah, I think that's probably some of the, the major hats that I wear. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. I, I love that you do so much and you're so proficient at it. Uh, but I like to, <laughs> I like to back up a little bit. So what when you originally went to to college, what what did you want to do? Ah, well, ba way way back then, I actually did a business undergrad in business, majored marketing, and I thought, oh, I want to work in some very glamorous field, you know, and and we'll work in advertising or in cosmetics or something like that. So it was all. Um, a far, far cry from what I am doing now. Um, so I studied business, but in my late twenties had, I had a bit of a breakdown slash breakthrough and thought, you know, I don't want to spend the rest of my life, um, marketing consumer goods. I actually would really love to do something that's more meaningful for me. And uh, I went back to college, did studied psychology, um, was moving around different countries in the world, ended up in the USA and uh, decided to train as a coach, executive life coaching. And when I was living in Dallas, Texas with four kids under the age of six, I started a coaching business. And um, because I just, just felt passionate about helping people get out of their own way as I've been working to do for myself. Um, mm. And so I started doing that uh, yeah, just when my, my, my fourth child was six months old, I kind of hung up my shingle and thought, okay, let's see how I see where this goes. And it's taken me on quite the journey now. He's, he's 17 years old. So uh, nearly 17 years of doing that. 
Yeah. Well, that's great. So I, I want to talk about the idea of fear for a little bit, um, particularly with your journey, because of the fact that you were, you know, you went to school for business, then you were in the marketing world um, and then decided to quit and then chart this brand new journey with kids in a new country. Mm-hmm. How, how <laughs> did you, <laughs> which, you know, it's, it's, it sounds like it's, you know, again, for anybody that that's a lot of things to kind of worry about at that time, even now. So how do you approach times when you're apprehensive and fearful back then? And, and has it changed now? But how oh, do you man. push past that? Yeah, look, I mean, I, I guess it's why I do everything I do. And the titles of my books will kind of speak to what, where my passion is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. find, your, find your courage, stop playing safe, train the brave, make your mark. And now my most recent <laughs> book, You've Got This. Um, you can probably pick up on a little bit of a theme in there. Slightly. Um, and... And at the end of the day, I, I write the books I've wanted to read. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I've had to get, I've had to get out, uh, overcome my own fears and define my own doubts and trust that tug on my own heart. Even when there was a voice in the back of my head that was saying so loudly, who the hell do you think you are to, to want to do that? To even like write a book, for instance, like, who do you think you are? I, I grew up in rural Australia, um, yeah. on a small dairy farm, one of seven kids, no one in my family had gone to college. No one read a book in my house growing up. Um, and so I've had to defy that little voice in my head so many times. Like, who do you think you are? Uh, are you deluding yourself that you have anything to offer? Um, and, you know, and comparing myself to other people and going, oh, they're so much better educated or they're so much more gifted at this or yada, 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 all those voices. And so really my own journey when people ask me, how did I get to do what I do today um, at the level that I'm doing it? And I would just say I've been really brave and worked really hard. And but I've always done what felt truthful to me. I think at the end of the day, just being truthful to what I felt called to do. Mm-hmm. And I think particularly those who want to express themselves in the world in some way. I mean, you can, in whatever form that may be. And I mean, I'm a, a coach, speaker, writer. I'm just passionate about empowering other people. But, you know, some people are artists and some people are musicians and, and some people are want to, I don't know, to design homes or whatever. And I just think, you know, if you have it in you and you're, it keeps tugging at you and there's just this urge, it's because it's there for a reason. And, you know, one of my favourite books is that I would encourage to anyone who ever struggles with doubt and wants to express themselves more fully, authentically, bravely, is The War of Art, mm-hmm. which I um, which I've, I've, I've cite Stephen Pressfield in my own book a few times. But, you know, we just have to get out of our own way, give ourselves permission um, to write the shitty first draft and the shitty second draft. And um, and I've had to do that many, many times. <laughs> right. I bet with, you know, with, with as many books as you've written, um, you're right. The the blank page is often uh, what slight people have to push past. What So what originally made you want to be a writer in as part of your, your journey to in, in your career right yeah. now? To be honest, writing, I did not grow up thinking I want to be a writer um, at all. And I, and I honestly, I still wouldn't define myself as a, as a writer. I would say I, I, writing is something I do. Um, 
I wasn't someone like Elizabeth Gilbert or, or that's like, oh, I have to write. Like that mm -hmm. is just what I have to do. I was born to write. That's, that's not me, but I've done a lot of writing because I'm passionate about my topic and writing as a way of sharing my passion and my insights and encouraging people. I think if I, if what am I, I'm a chief encourager and I do that in many, many ways and forums. Um, but, but writing is one way. And I remember when I started my coaching business out of my bedroom in Dallas, Capel, Texas. Um, and I remember doing a newsletter and I just write this newsletter once a month when I just email it. This is before I had email lists or anything like that. And someone said to me, you know, you should write a book. And I was like, oh, straight away, who am I to write a book? Mm -hmm. And I remember saying to my husband, you know, I didn't study, I've never studied writing. I went to, I went to a school that had 15 kids in the entire elementary school. I was the only kid in my grade. I don't know where the apostrophes go. You know, who am I to write a book? Um, and he said, honey, people get a lot of value from your insights. Why don't you give yourself permission to write just the best book you can? And then one day when you know where the apostrophes go or whatever, I mean, that's what editors are for. You can write another one. Um, and, it, and with that, it gave me permission to write my first book, Find Your Courage. And it's now in seven languages. Um, and I, I look at that book and I, I, versus my most recent book, you've got this. And I think yeah. my most recent book is a better, it's a better written book. I've become a better writer, but you can't get to being a better writer or a better artist or a better anything unless you start somewhere. And I think so often, I think more so women than men, frankly, we, we, we hold ourselves back by thinking we have to know exactly what we're doing or be brilliant at what we're doing, be masters of our craft before we start out. And I, I probably one of the biggest favors I've ever done, I've ever done myself repeatedly is really, really live that mantra that done is better than perfect. And maybe I'm putting people off now. They listen going, oh God, is everything she done kind of, you know, not very well done. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I guess I, I've, I've just got into action. And by giving myself permission to do something that's less than brilliant, um, I've done stuff. And then you learn and you get better and you get better and you get better and you get better. Uh, and I, I've said that to my kids. I say that to everybody who wants to do something but keeps balking at the gate, like, oh, it's not the perfect time and I'm going to do another course or I'm going to, you know, they're just waiting and waiting. I'm like, just start. Start doing that very thing that you so want to do. Don't wait for permission. Don't wait till you're brilliant. Don't wait till you know exactly what you're doing. There is no way that we, the best way, sorry, that we get, good at anything is by is is the doing not by studying it and studying it not by planning another plan and another plan or you know just get into action yeah oh that's great so i i also want to ask you more about your books so you've got five of them now what for each of those uh, you mentioned why you wanted to write the first one but so stop stop playing safe brave make your mark and now this one you've got this what what made you want to write each of, the, each of those books and where did your ideas for those books come yeah. from? Yeah, um, there was just something inspired me in my life. Um, and my most recent book, You've Got This, I've actually had massive, massive disruption on the last few years, personally, that's, yeah. been, that's really just turned my world on its head in the sense that we got moved to a country, we sent our children to one country, then my husband's company sent us to another country, and so right now, in the midst of this pandemic, I have three children in the United States. I'm in Singapore with another child. <laughs> you know, so many things have gone 
not the way we wanted. Mm -hmm. Um, Had massive, he's then had challenges with his work and career. Um, Just lots of, lots of things where our plans have literally just fallen apart. And in the midst of all of that financial pressure, et cetera, et cetera, I've just, when I haven't had the certainty around me, I've had to look within myself for the certainty I couldn't find. Mm -hmm. And so you've got this was the book that I wished I'd had to read as I thought, oh my gosh, how am I going to navigate the path ahead? How did I land in this spot? How am I going to navigate the path ahead? Um, And what do I, what do I really want to know right now? What's the space I want to be in? And I believe that when we, when we really trust ourselves that whatever happens, we can handle it. Mm-hmm. When we trust ourselves to pursue that, whatever it is that calls to us, like to me, it's a real calling. It's like, I just feel like I have to do this. And, and, and writing this book was actually a calling um, that actually we, we have all the resources we need to figure it out as we go along. We might know what, how to figure out what's happening a year from now, but you can figure that out a year from now. Mm-hmm. That if you just trust yourself, if you operate from that belief that you've got this, the sooner you do that, the sooner you will have this. Um, and, and I think women, men and women obviously doubt themselves, but I think women in particular, we tend to doubt ourselves more and back ourselves less and sell ourselves short. And so um, I, and I wanted to address the specific issues, the specific challenges I think women have too. Um, the book is written for men and women, but there's a chapter in there just for women and one just for men, because I think women, we have some of kind of patterns where we, we, we kind of tend to be perfectionists and we tend to talk ourselves down. And when we get a compliment, we deflect it and go, Oh no, 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 no. And hone in on all of our things. We're not doing well versus owning what it is we do well. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. I, I mean, yeah, your, your book sounds wonderful just for any time. I know that there's a lot of times when me personally, I do that to myself. So um, <laughs> this is going to be good. Uh, okay. So, so beyond then your, your book, you've kind of expanded it in a few other areas, but I want to talk about global courage, um, which mm-hmm. you started a few, well, 10 years ago now. So what, what made you want to start global courage and what's global courage about? Yeah, look, that's sort of my big mission in the world work that I, I'm going to be an empty nest to come this fall. And I know, I'll be able to commit more time to that. But I really believe that we would live in a better world if we had more people who had the courage to to make hard decisions, to take right actions, and even to listen to things, that to listen to opinions different than their own, to be braver in how they lead. And so, and I also think if we had more equity, there was more women sitting at decision-making tables, if there was more diversity, if we had more inclusiveness in our organizations, in society. So Global Courage, the mission of it is to create a better, braver world. Um, And I do a lot of work with leaders in organizations and in different spheres of the world, in government, um, and helping them to be better and braver leaders. And so, yeah, the work of Global Courage is really about emboldening braver leadership in every sphere. Oh, that's, that's great. So with, I guess, with what you're working on right now, um, actually, before we do that, let's talk about your your podcast too. What, because um, you've got, again, as, as I, I know I took a bunch of notes about what you've been working on, but as I keep scrolling <laughs> through, I'm like, oh yeah, you do this and you do this and you do this and you do this. Uh, so let's talk about your podcast. What what inspired you to to start the, your podcast and what's that about? 
Yeah, well, my Live Brave podcast is uh, not quite two years old. Um, and honestly, I, I actually, <laughs> one of my failures, um, well, I don't know, if I'm sure, was it a failure? It was a learning lesson. <laughs> I launched, I launched um, my own, uh, let's call it an online TV channel about five years ago mm. called Raw Courage TV. And you can still go to rawcourage.tv and, and find it with my advice segments and my interviews, pretty neat people. But I... It, I just weren't, wasn't able to make it commercially smart. I, put a, I spent a lot of money on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, didn't, I wasn't making money from it. And it just became commercially not viable. And at the same time, podcasts are starting to take off. Podcasts require so much less investment, frankly, of money than sitting down with two <laughs> cameras and my hair and makeup and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I was like, Margie get over yourself and do a podcast. And, mm-hmm. um, and so I, so it was my, my live brave podcast is really insights from myself as well as a lot of interviews with really interesting people that I encounter in my travels, which um, I meet a lot of really interesting people, you know, Richard Branson and Marianne Williamson and Steve Forbes and, you know, all sorts of people from business and politics and spiritual, spiritual paths and what have you. And, and so, yeah, as I meet people, I'm like, hey, can I interview you for my podcast? So yeah. um, as well as sharing my own, my own experiences. And obviously, I have a whole series in there that's just on my new book. You've got this too. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So let's also then, before we go, talk about your, uh, your experience speaking at corporations. What, what initially made you want to start speaking and being a keynote speaker at different corporations? And how did your career evolve with that? Well, I actually never set out to do that, ever. Okay. Never, which is kind of funny because that's um, become a major thing that I do. I wanted to be a coach because I wanted to help people. And, and I'd had my own, I'd had, my, I'd had an eating disorder and I'd had, I have a brother who died. I have another brother who has paraplegia. You know, I had dealt with various challenges and, um, and, so I wanted to be a coach, but mm-hmm. then I realized once I had my website that just because you have a website doesn't mean you have a business. No one knew me. And I was like, oh, how do I get any coaching clients? Yeah. And, and I didn't have a network in America. I mean, I literally was new to a continent and um, zero, I never got to college, never worked there. So I decided to go out and offer to speak at every little event, chapter meeting, association meeting, that existed in the Dallas Metro area. Um, and you know, it's like the new mums club and the business women's association and the, you know, the men's lions club or, you know, probus or whatever, all these different, all these different groups, twins clubs and parent groups. And, um, and over the course of a couple of years, just, and they're always looking for a free, someone to speak for free at a local event. And I would give them a voucher. And if you, you want to do a coaching session with me, it was just my way of building a coaching business. Yeah. Um, and it was a lot of energy out, a lot of work out. My husband would stay home at night and put four kids down while I'd go out and give these talks for free. But over the space span of about 12, 18 months, nearly two years, some people would say, oh, would you come and talk at my company? You know, you were really good. Would you come in here, there and everywhere? And, and, it, and it ended up, someone said, oh, you know, how much do you charge? And I was like, oh, my God, I can charge for this? <laughs> Like I didn't even know. I remember I sounded like Austin Powers. Um, how's yeah. two hundred dollars? And uh, they're like, "Oh yeah, that's great." I remember thinking, "I think maybe they thought that wasn't very much." <laughs> <laughs> I thought two hundred dollars sounded great. Yeah. Um, 
And, um, and then I obviously it was a whole learning curve, but now I do a lot of keynote speaking in the corporate realm and at conferences around, around the world, but a lot in the USA. And mm-hmm. of course that right now has come to a grinding halt, but um, I'm certainly looking forward to when we all do come together in groups again. And in the meantime, I'm, I'm doing them virtually. Oh, great. With, so with your, with your speaking or even with the books, do you do, you do all of the, the planning and scheduling yourself or do you have an agent or a team of people that you work with who helps you on that side? Yeah, no, I absolutely have. I have, I have my own team um, who help with all of the back end and helping with the logistics and the bookings and the dealing with um, event planners. But I also do work with what's called speaker bureaus, which mm-hmm. I had never heard of when I started out. So I have speaker bureaus who will, I will, they, they will book me into an event through them. And so they also then handle some logistics and stuff too. But I absolutely have someone, I'm actually not particularly great with details. Admin is not my thing. So having someone else manage contracting and invoicing and mm-hmm. the logistics of who picks me up when, where, um, I'm, I'm happy to have people do manage that for me so I can add on where I add, where focus on where I add the most value. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, so of the places you've spoken at, is there one that you would say has been the, the favorite so far? Ooh, well, I've had some pretty neat experiences, but in different places, but, um, I got invited to Necker Island in the BVI with, um, Richard Branson's Island, which, um, with Richard Branson, um, and a whole host of leaders and luminaries and amazing entrepreneurs. Um, so that was pretty neat. It wasn't a big group, but it was a pretty interesting experience. I also got to interview Richard Branson for um, for, for my for, for Forbes, and um, so that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, I've I've spoken at some pretty big events in terms of um, youth leadership events. So I did one in Singapore actually last year. It was sponsored by um, what's called the Asia Foundation, but it was a part of an initiative that actually was to do with Obama had President Obama had. Um, launched and this with the State Department that was really about promoting um, understanding and collaboration um, and relationships for young emerging leaders around the globe. And I was the keynote speaker opening that up. And, you know, that was a real honour because that's something that's very much aligned with my work. And, um, but, you know, I also spoke, I do, a, I really love emboldening women in, in the undeveloped world. And I did something in Kenya in a, in just in Nairobi a couple of years ago with, a lot of women who come out of the, the slums there, um, there's a slum called Kibera slum. And, you know, it doesn't have any of the fanfare of a big rah-rah event at a massive big, ex, you know, conference center, but very, very meaningful. So it depends on yeah. how you measure success, but some of the, some of the <laughs> highlights haven't necessarily been the more glamorous ones. Yeah. Yeah. So that's wonderful. So with everything that you have done and experienced so far, what would you say has been the best advice that you have ever received? Just, just forge your own path, you know, run your own best race, do what it is, I, I think, um, and be, get advice, but apply it sparingly. Mm-hmm. I think when you're starting out, you're looking around at all of the people who are ahead of you um, and going, oh, maybe I should be like them and I should be like them and, um, and almost kind of imitating other people. Um, and I think just just doing, finding your own brand and your own expression, your unique expression. And you might kind of take bits and things you notice in others, but for me, just really trusting in my, my own path and not trying to be like somebody else, not trying to be 
some people are very hardcore corporate leadership speakers and other people are, you know, very more new age spiritual or whatever. And, you know, I have deep spirituality through my, me and my work, but I'm, I'm, I'm just, just being, just trusting my own, what feels right for me. Um, even if people struggle sometimes to put me in the label that they want to stick on you. Um, I think that's probably been the best advice I've had is just forge your own path and trust your own, trust your own instincts and intuition on things. Great. Well, Margie, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. I really Uh, appreciate it. If the listeners would like to see more of your work or buy your books, where is the best place they can go for those? Oh, well, thank you for asking. Um, Obviously all my books are available on Amazon and you've Mm -hmm. got this is uh, there. Just type that in and Margie Worrell and it'll pop up. But um, my website is probably the best one-stop shop. If you go there, you'll have links to all my books, but also my podcast um, information on my Live Brave Women's Weekends that I, that I've been running around the world. Um, And yeah, I'd love to connect on social media wherever people hang out as well. It's always great to connect with people there too. Oh, well, wonderful. Well, I'll put the, make sure the links to all those are in the show notes so they can click right through. Awesome. Again, thank you so much, Margie. I really appreciate it. All right. My pleasure. Take care. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Advance Your Art Podcast. If you like this episode, please go into iTunes and give us a five-star rating. And while you're there, hit the subscribe button so that every single time I release a new episode, it will go directly to you without even thinking about it. If you're interested in hearing older episodes, please go to AdvanceYourArt.com where you can find the catalog of everything I've done so far, as well as contact information and projects I'm working on. Thank you again, and have a great day.